Welcome to another episode of Talkin' Jacks without any actual games to recap, unfortunately. Due to the hiatus and a little bit of stir-crazy uh, that I've been getting recently, as many of you probably are, um, I decided to do a, I guess what I'm calling supporter spotlight, um, just a way for me to talk with supporters of the independents. Uh, specifically, this episode is going to be with uh, someone you may be familiar with. Uh, he's Matt T.W. Bo Round and Round on Twitter. Um, I've been fortunate enough to make his acquaintance due to the podcast, which is pretty cool as far as I'm concerned. Uh, uh, it's a not a simple episode, but it's an episode that I think may not be the flashiest in a lot of ways, uh, but I feel strongly that we, we cover some cool topics, um, some interesting ones. Uh, we, we talk about his origin story in soccer, and that's kind of what I want to work to focus on. Well, we don't have any soccer to actually uh, highlight or anything. Uh, the stories around soccer, how people got into it, um, what makes them stay involved with it in the capacity that they are a um, little bit of a preview on this one we we talk about um, why he supports the independence what kind of shifted with him um, and what levels he's what clubs he supports and and things of that nature but without further delay here is that interview now i am now welcomed by matt tw um he is on the Twitterverse as Bo Round and Round, but I am happy that he was able to take some time out of his very busy schedule um, with all the craziness that's going on. Um, but yeah, I, I figured I'd have him on just to kind of talk about his soccer story and how he got into soccer and his uh, what he likes about the independence and things like that. Um, but thank you for taking the time out of your schedule, like I said, Matt, and, and joining me on the, the podcast tonight. Uh, ben, you're you're very welcome, man. I'm glad I could be on the show. Well, actually, should I call you, like, Mr. Goose or Goose Sir? I, I'm not sure <laughs> what the, it, uh, the etiquette is here. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, Jared, when I did the episode with him, uh, well, feels like a few weeks back, but I'm sure it's been like a month now. Uh, he asked me, should I call you Ben or Goose, or what do you prefer? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. People call me Goose, but um, I go by Ben in a lot of ways. I don't. It's it's weird for Goose, but either one works fine for me. Um, okay. But yeah. Um, well, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy to be on the show, man. I, I've been a listener for a long time. I yeah. like uh, contributing questions, like good or otherwise. So <laughs> uh, I'm I'm happy to talk to you, man. Yeah, and that and that's kind of what drew me to wanting you on on the podcast and everything is that you you have been a uh, an avid listener and like you said you you provide a lot of good questions too um, and ultimately too I I'm just kind of curious on people's soccer stories and the podcast gives me an excuse to talk to people so here we are um, but let's go back to 
the beginning of your origin story. Um, I like to make it nerdy and make it sound like you've been bitten by a spider. <laughs> and if you weren't bitten by a spider or a soccer ball or anything like that, that's cool too. But what kind of do you remember like when you, what what got you first into soccer or or what was the catalyst to you following soccer? Did you follow any other sports or early on or or what got you into it? Um. All right. So. Uh... I guess all stories have a beginning, right? So my story with soccer starts, um, I think I might have been in like second or third grade. Uh, I got a, a good friend who moved into my neighborhood. His name was Tim. We wound up being really close friends for most of my childhood. And Tim was like the first and only person I had known at that point who was a soccer player and soccer fan. Um, his dad was a Manchester United fan, despite having grown up in, uh, 1970s America, uh, not really sure where he picked it up from, but, yeah, uh, his family and my closeness with them and kind of spending time with them they're they're the ones who kind of got me into it. Um, I started playing soccer in elementary school, just sort of some rec leagues, um, not a great enough athlete to have progressed past like varsity soccer, but uh, I played yeah. it a lot when I was a kid. Um, as far as becoming a fan goes, uh, I started paying attention to pro soccer in, I'm going to say like the winter of 2001, maybe the winter of 2002. Uh, I had a couple of buddies who were fans of Premier League teams. Arsenal and Manchester United. And uh, I was also on the soccer team with them. Them talking about it got me interested. I did a little bit of research into the league and the teams and kind of settled on Liverpool as a good fit for me. Oh, so, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's turned out really well. It's, it's good you didn't <laughs> go with Arsenal. Let's put it that way. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't want to foreshadow, but there's a twist. So, oh, there's a twist. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good segue. Yeah, so uh, the next the next thing that really kind of, I guess, introduced me to the sport a little farther as far as like being a fan of it and uh, kind of ignited my passion to be a fan was the 2002 World Cup. Uh, that was the first World Cup that I'd really been aware of, first World Cup I really paid attention to. And my team, the U.S. men, like had one of their best World Cup performances ever. So it was something that really just like sucked me in, got me interested, got me passionate about the sport. And that was that was kind of where it all began for me was that World Cup. Um, I remember watching games at just ungodly hours. So they were uh, like a 14 hour time difference or something from us. Um, yeah, I had to look it up. I'll be honest. I was not a soccer fan back then, but it was back, it was in Korea or South Korea and Japan. So that was that's right. Yeah, that's a time change. I've been fortunate enough in the times that I've been a soccer fan diehard. It's been like a five or six hour time frame, maybe eight hour change. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't been that crazy. But I I've recently been reading um, a lot about like the history of soccer and things. And it's like I forget what World Cup it was, but it was like the there was. They were waking up at like, like you kind of said, the wee hours of the morning or the 
evening hours, people were watching soccer games, and I'm like, that's dedication, especially yeah. back then too, because you really have to like, um, how do I put this? You'd have to be like really dedicated to it, and you'd have to be like that guy in the office that like knows all about soccer and is the not the weird one, but you know what I mean. Like back yes. then, it, it would be like the the niche niche thing, I suppose you could say. But but continue I, I totally with the, get that. the story um, about the 2002 World Cup. So just just to wrap up my experience with that, the only reason that I could watch as many games as I did was because I was a high schooler. Stu- I was a high schooler on summer break. Like I didn't, oh, nice, I didn't yeah. have anything else going on. Um, I would like I remember one of the U.S. games. Like I can't remember who their opponent was at the moment, but it was like a 2 a.m. kickoff or 3 a.m. something like that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I woke up. Watched that whole game, like, with one eye open. I was still basically asleep. And uh, then I watched a couple more games, and a buddy of mine came to pick me up for soccer practice. We had two-a-days over the summer. Oh, boy. Um, So basically, I was, like, I was burning the candle at both ends to be able to watch this thing that I had just, like, fallen in love with over the Mm -hmm. course of that month. Um, But it was a lot easier being that young and without or with so few responsibilities compared to yeah. nowadays, you know? Yeah. And that would be a little bit more difficult with your, yes. with the yeah. personal life you do have going on with the kids and everything. Yeah. And in general, I think you, if, if I had to do that, I, I used to be a night owl, but those, uh, those days are long gone for me. I'm, uh, I'm normally in bed by like 10 or 11, to be honest with you. Um, hey man, sleep is but, pretty, pretty great. I'm it's, not. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's nice. I mean, yeah. Especially, I mean, I can. I'm the kind of person that likes sleep in general, but um, we won't dive too far down into that. No, topic. no, I um, really think we should. <laughs> um, well, we could rebrand this to talking sleep. <laughs> um, we could always do that. But um, uh, okay, so I guess I'll I'll go ahead and and fast forward a little bit. O yeah. uh, two World Cup, great experience for me as a fan. Um, Kept supporting Liverpool, and I would watch U.S. men whenever they were on. Um, I, I would catch an MLS game like every once in a while, but for for whatever reason, I still can't really put my finger on it. It just like never, never caught on with me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the next big event with soccer was Liverpool winning Champions League uh, in 05 against AC Milan, and that was like an incredible game. People talk about it to this day, uh, but it sounds kind of weird to say it, but that was kind of the end of my fandom with Liverpool. Um, I just, I guess I kind of felt like they, they had reached the pinnacle, right? They were the best team in Europe yeah, and uh, they had done it in spectacular fashion. And I, I kind of started to slowly lose interest in the club after that. And for like the next, next couple of seasons, I just kind of became less and less passionate about it. Uh, after that, for probably the next 10 or so years, I was really just paying attention to, um, us games, Hmm. tune in for friendlies, tune in for the world cups, uh, catch, 
some international tournaments from time to time, but mostly it was just the odd U.S. game. Um, and then things changed a little bit when I had my kids. Uh, yeah. The way that we set up our schedule at home, I would work during the, I'm sorry, I would be at home during the day while my wife worked with the, and then I would be with the kids at home. Uh, then we would just switch places so that I was working overnight. She was home with the kids and we've been doing that since the kids were born. Hmm. The, uh, I was missing a lot of sleep that, that great thing we talked about earlier, but <laughs> I was, uh, able to be home and watch pretty much every minute of the 2018 world cup. Um, uh. despite not, uh, having like a, a dog in the fight, so to speak, that Very event, true, yeah. that tournament really just kind of like opened my eyes to the sport again. Like, Hey, this is, this is something that you've really enjoyed over the years. It's something you're really passionate about. It's something that has been good for you in your life. And looking at these two brand new people that I just brought into the world, I was kind of like, I could, I could bring them into this as well, you know? Huh. Um, So interesting. Yeah. So part of me, and I understand this may be a little naive, part of me thinks like, my soccer fandom and the passion that I feel for the sport um, is something that I could engage with my kids uh, over the years to come. Yeah. I know that, I know that they may pick up other interests that, you know, have nothing to do with soccer. I'll be a hundred percent with them on those things. But right now when they're kind of young and impressionable, I'm like asking them to kick balls back to me as opposed to, you know, pick them up. Like I've got a whistle, I blow whenever they touch the ball with their hands or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're being yeah. more like the uh, um, positive reinforcement, uh, yeah. I guess you could say. Um, um, I don't know what I'm talking about as a person that doesn't have kids, but. Um, <laughs> instead of timeouts, we're handing out cards. Um, oh, are you really doing that? Ben, No. Okay, no. okay. That's, that's me, like, the, the optimist in me that's doing the best. But, uh, sorry. Uh, maybe, maybe one day. Maybe one day. I'll, uh, I'll have them, like, read a rule book or something and be like, okay, this, this is going to get you this card. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, the 2018 World Cup was really, like, something that kind of brought me back into the fold. And yeah. um, about that time... I started listening to Talking Jacks because I, it also kind of piqued my interest in the independence as, as well. Hmm. Very cool. So a couple of things I wanted to touch base on there. Um, when you first, I guess, were exposed to soccer and started playing soccer, was there, this is going to sound like a psychoanalytics question or whatever, but this is the best way I can think to ask this. Do do you think there was like a part of you that found like, not like belonging, but like a sense of maybe identity and like, uh, how do I put this? Like uh, camaraderie with the friend you were telling me about that was a Manchester United fan. Was there any part of that that maybe drew you to soccer? You think? Um, I'd say definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the time, it may not have been obvious, but for yeah. me, it was just 
my best friend had something that he was very interested in and enjoyed doing. We were spending a lot of time together. So I was like, hey, I'll, I'll start doing this thing too. And over the years, being on various teams or kind of interacting with fans of the sport, um, I found myself kind of, uh, I guess, embracing fans or teammates or other players as part of a community and not just, um, you know, other people who maybe happen to have a similar interest uh, on like a superficial level. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's that's kind of where I've come to with with soccer is it's like at a certain point it's it's a sport and it's important and the scores matter and things like that. But I think it's also so much more of a and this isn't profound at all, but it's it's a very it's like a a binding mechanism for people in a lot of ways it, it brings people together like it's been said a thousand times uh, but it's really cool to see that um, from your perspective being so young that it was kind of like hey I've got this friend that's really into soccer maybe I should give this soccer thing a try even though it was early 2000s and soccer wasn't a big thing back then of course mm-hmm. um so if if you want to bring up the psychoanalytics, uh, <laughs> there there is kind of a deeper part of this to to me okay. that uh, that I didn't I didn't really even think about until well out of my childhood. But yeah, uh, I I guess it was a little bit of a rebellious streak. <laughs> um, never never really been like amazing with authority figures, especially as a kid. Yeah. So. Uh, the culture that I grew up in predominantly, just for the record, I grew up in the Charlotte area. Um, But the culture was not, you know, very welcoming to soccer. There were a lot of, a lot of insults and a lot of put downs that I don't, I don't really want to repeat at the moment, but I'm sure people can put two and two together. Um, So being a soccer fan, as much as I enjoyed the community that I was building and, the camaraderie, like the the term that you mentioned, um, there was a part of it that was like a little bit of punk rock, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm part of something that is uh, not popular where I mm-hmm. am, um, not very accepted amongst my peers. Like there there was, if, if I'm going to be totally honest about it, there was an element of that for sure. Yeah, um, I think, I think any soccer fan would be lying if, if there isn't a, a slight, like, if that's not at least a small driving factor into why they like soccer so much. Because, like, as much as people don't want to admit that there's, like, a hipster uh, facet to the soccer fandom, there's, at the very least, like, like you said, like a punk vein to it, where it's, like, I'm being different than other people, and mm-hmm. this is... And I think that's kind of what draws people to soccer in general in a lot of ways because it's it is sport and it is this thing that's I mean like a lot of sports it brings you together you you find identity in your city and you find identity in your peers and you find pride in your city in a lot of ways but at the same time I think there is that facet that I think is undeniable at least for myself maybe I'm just self-identifying um, but there's a way of like, 
being a, not against things, but you're just being different in a lot of ways. Like you said, but I, I absolutely completely identify that and know what you mean. I think there's, like I said, I think people would uh, would be lying to themselves or they wouldn't admit it. It's some capacity that's a driving mechanism as to why they choose soccer over just supporting football or basketball or mm-hmm. baseball or whatever the case may be. Um, yep. So I did want to turn the corner there as far as I know you said you you uh, of course found the podcast, um, but what was the what was that corner that shifted for you? Because you mentioned that you didn't really care about MLS back in back in the early days, of course. But what kind of was the turning force to focus on the independence and start supporting the independence and, and things like that? Because it seems like I'd be curious what was that mechanism, I guess, that happened. Huh, that that's a pretty good question. Um, so uh, I remember I remember first discovering the independence. Um, I guess when when the club and the organization was kind of just moving into town, um, I remember seeing uh, cats buses with um, like huge logos and ads all over the side of the vehicle. And then I remember seeing, I, I think there might've been some billboards at some point that were kind of advertising the club. Um, and I remember really kind of catching on to it when, um, they were opening up uh, their logo and color choice for like mm. fan vote or fan submission. Yeah, um, I had never really seen that acted out by any other pro team, especially not in this city. So that yeah. was something that kind of piqued my interest. Mm. But as far as uh, really kind of latching on to the club the way that I have, um, I think that happened in 2018 because um they were the local club like it it's mm. a, a part of it is honestly just as simple as that um i i live kind of on the east side of charlotte so the sportsplex is like a convenient location for me to go see games yeah and um i just kind of like that they were uh playing in a lower division uh, sort of the underdogs within mm-hmm. an underdog sport. You know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. The, under, the underdogs of underdogs. If we could be like really dramatic and flowery <laughs> with that language, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so those were those were kind of the things that that drew me to them initially. Um, your podcast and then seeing some of the discussion around the team on Twitter uh, <laughs> um, really like got got me more interested um, and uh, then as as I learned more about the team and got to see him in action and um, you know it just like it just got better and better from there I, I couldn't get enough so. Mm. Um, I guess to put a finer point on that, like what kind of drew me to the club initially, um, 
one of the things that I really liked about it was the local team aspect also included local players. Yeah. Right. So like uh, Enzo and Alex are born and raised, or I guess raised not far from here. Yeah. Gone to, co- gone to college in this state. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as I'm concerned, like they are locals. Uh, yeah. Brandon, I believe, was at least educated in Charlotte, if not born here as well. Yeah. He also it's from Waxaw, if I'm not mistaken. So he's. Oh. Cool. Yeah. He's about about as local as you could come. But but sorry, continue. Uh, and then I believe. Um, uh, man, there was. There was one more that was coming to mind. I can't think of them at the moment, but there are examples of guys kind of uh, engaging the community. Like I think Jorge was a high school coach in the area for a while. Um, yeah. So it's it was it was players like that with local ties and kind of demonstrating their commitment to the city that that kind of drew me in. Uh, at a deep level from the beginning. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm a homer, man. I love this town. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my work, I, I hope kind of demonstrates like my commitment to my neighbors, the people around me and to see those same sorts of qualities and characteristics and guys that were not earning millions of dollars. Right. Yeah. But still, but still putting in the same amount of work to be a professional athlete. Um, that was admirable for me. Mm, yeah, I think I think that's something that, um, as far as the local ties that the independents have more or less continually had throughout their throughout their existence. Of course, with Enzo and Alex and um, Brandon now, of course, um, and, and little things like that. It's been it gives you a little thing, a little bit extra motivation um, to support the club. And, and to be honest with you, go through the ebbs and the flows that we've been through as fans um, for a while now. It, it kind of uh, realigns your perspective in a lot of ways as well, uh, I think at least. Um, yeah, I, I feel the same. Yeah. So I, I'll, we'll end with this question here. Um, how amidst this pandemic and the hiatus from soccer and uh, and everything like that, because I feel like your soccer fandom has kind of been on an upward trajectory, and now it's kind of to use a a roller coaster metaphor. It's kind of not. I don't even know how roller coaster works. It's like it's going it's plateauing in a lot of ways because there's nothing there's nothing there to to grab a hold of as far as actual live games um but to get to the question um uh, how do you think your your soccer fandom has changed given the fact that um we don't have any live soccer to watch um so this this may be kind of difficult to explain, but I'm hoping that uh, I can make words sound good uh, <laughs> here for a second. But um, okay, so you know how like the the end of a season comes, and 
maybe the season wasn't that great or maybe it was amazing, but you kind of take like a little bit of time to recover, kind of take a break from the team or the sport. But then, like, off-season and preseason come. And for me, with the independence, the only sort of off-seasons or preseasons I've experienced have been, like, very positive moments, right? Like, mm. and I think most fans probably feel this way about whatever their favorite team is, but it's, like, optimism, positivity, hopefulness. Uh, all of this is kind of, like, man, we could be so amazing because no <laughs> one has proven that we suck yet, you know? Like, yeah. Um, so not not to infer anything about, like, the 2020 independence because, like, I think our, our hopes are legitimate there. But yeah. I feel like pausing the season after week one was kind of just prolonging that, like, hopeful, optimistic, uh, bright-eyed, like, bright future experience that I was having in mm-hmm. the off season and the preseason. Yeah, um, I, I totally get what you're saying. I think that's, that's kind of where I've been too, especially the way the first game went, of course. Yeah, it was, totally. It was such like a, a roller coaster of emotions in that yeah. one game where we get the own goal, of course, and then we, uh, we get the goal and then we end up getting the, the, the win, which I feel like, that game we didn't have any of them like last year, so it's just like th- we're gonna win the league. Like what, <laughs> nothing can go wrong, and then all of a sudden, nothing can happen. Like nothing is happening. <laughs> yeah, so it's right. like it's it's such a weird. Like you said too. I I think I've, I I don't know without going too far down. It it's kind of like I've fallen off from that optimism because it's been so far removed at this point yeah um yeah i was i was just about to say there have been ebbs and flows right like Mm -hmm. um there have been moments when i i've really really missed the sport like i just want to get out there and watch guys kick a ball into the upper 90 like run around want to sing with jack's militia and have a beer like Mm -hmm. there have been times when i really really miss it uh but lately um it, it has been something where I'm kind of like, you know, this is a very interesting world without pro sports. Yeah. Um, and I'm starting to kind of see uh, that we may not need them, especially as like an obsessive thing in our lives. Yeah. Um, I'd like to think that I, I haven't really reached that point with any pro team where it becomes an obsession, but it can definitely be a distraction yeah. and uh, for, for good or for bad. And it has been, it's been kind of interesting to see uh, my life and the world without uh, professional sports. And I think, you know, my prediction is that this situation is probably going to last uh, much longer than any leagues are mm. kind of telling us at the moment. So I think we, it's going to be like an interesting social experiment to see what the world is going to be like without professional sports for six months, nine months, maybe even a year, you know? Yeah. I totally am with you in that thought process. Cause it's like, 
I've definitely gone through the flows of like, I need soccer <laughs> for lack of a, a more clear or clear statement. It's like, I need soccer. I want soccer. And now I'm like, do I need it though? Yeah. Right. Like it's, it's such an interesting, because I think too, what, what makes, what I keep going back to is like, I probably feel different maybe if it was like the middle of the season or the end of the season that things would have been uh, halted. But it was right there at the beginning where I was like, okay, I'm getting back in the groove of like planning to watch games on Saturday, like go to them or watch them on TV. And now I'm just like, it, it shifts your perspective, like you said, on how important sports are. And I think to kind of to put to put a, a finality to this episode um which you did fantastic answering the questions by the way but i think um i think it's really interesting to think for me it's changed my perspective on like why sports are important in a lot of ways where like if there isn't something a more driving motivation behind the x's and the o's and the community involvement and things like that um not what is the point but what is the end goal i guess you could say yeah um so yeah if we could go back into that psychoanalyst and thing yeah for a second uh i think it all comes down to to two things and just to be clear, these are definitely not my original ideas, right? They're like, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants here, but it's, yeah. um, it has to do with, uh, my, my people, my tribe are better than your people or tribe, right? That's, that's like kind of a deep instinct within us as social creatures. But then the other thing is like, inherently we are kind of aggressive, right? There, there's aggression that exists like deep inside like our ancient monkey brain that is like uh, I've got to I've got to I've got to scratch this itch I've got to express this in some way yeah and some people are really good at just never never needing to do that but other people uh, like get into cage matches for fun or. They they go they go to war because they just like enjoy being at war. Uh, like yeah, it's nothing, like a a yeah. way of asserting your dominance. I think is what I would look at from that yeah. perspective. It's like it's a it's an interesting. Like I said, it's uh it's kind of a a why behind the what is, yes. is the way way I describe it. And but yeah, I think that uh puts a bow in things nicely I, I like i said i uh thank you for for sharing your story and uh tell me a little bit about yourself on the soccer side of things and um and all those things but uh yeah thanks so much for for taking the time tonight matt you're very welcome glad to be here. Sure. Yeah, keep, keep making good episodes